Everybody and welcome to the Refuge Podcast, a conversation focused on helping college students be disciple-making followers of Jesus. Wherever you are and whatever you're going through, we hope that this will encourage you in some way. Well, hey everyone, thanks for coming back to the Refuge Podcast. This is episode two, so we gave you a challenge last week. We're just starting off a new season, a lot of new exciting things coming up, and we gave you the challenge to at least hang out hang out with us for the next three episodes. So you got to make it to at least episode four. Uh, and if you're like, this is terrible, you guys are the worst, then never listen to this again. But you have to at least make it to, to episode four or else uh, you failed. So uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, I'm here with my buddy, Josiah. Uh, we have an important conversation to talk about here in a second, Joe, but first things first, I, I need to hear your input on this. So we had some friends over tonight at our house. They actually lived in Raleigh for a while, which we lived in Raleigh. So uh, we're sit, we're you know hanging out and I go into the kitchen to refill my glass of water and I look out in the backyard and there's this tiny possum walking through the backyard. Babe, it looks like a baby. I don't know. I, I don't know much about them other than the fact that I don't want them around me anywhere. <laughs> they're just, I just think they're disgusting critters. So anyway, it's, it's not even dark out. It's like, why is there a possum walking through my backyard, you know, in daylight? So I go into the living room and I'm like, oh gosh, y'all, there's a, a possum in the backyard. Ugh. And I'm like disgusted. And they look at each other like they are laughing. And I was like, what? And they, she was like, true story. I rescued a little baby possum and had it as a pet for a while. Oh, wow. And I was like, wait, 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 what, what? So I guess the question is, what is the oddest animal that you would consider taking as a pet? Because in my opinion, the, the, the possum is, that's up there. That's, that's, I don't think I could do that. Oh, that's pretty odd. Yeah, I don't know. I, that that would be up there. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Maybe like a, a squirrel or something. I'm just thinking of a common animal that I see around my house. It's like, what if I brought one in? Yeah. I started to feed the squirrel, had a pet squirrel. That'd be pretty odd, but a possum, an right. o, one of those opossums. Yeah. That'll get you. Oh, yeah. That, I guess that could have been the other question is why in the world is there an O? Why is it spelled that, that way? Yeah. What in <laughs> doesn't the make any sense. Opossum. That makes no Opossum. That makes no sense. Caitlin, my wife had a pet ferret growing up. And I guess those are actually like people have those as pets. And they say, they're like, yeah, they're, they make great pets. They're super nice, but be careful. They'll take your car keys and hide them. That's not, that can't be real. Yeah, I know. What a random fact about them. Like, oh, they bite or, oh, they, no, they'll hide your car keys. Okay. I've never heard that. Well, here on the Refuge Podcast, you learn a lot of things. So that's one that I've learned. You do. You do. We, we hope to throw a lot of uh, random, random facts your way. Who doesn't like random facts? We all need to learn something sure. new every day. Uh, well, the truth is, we still like these people. We're still going to be friends with them. But let's get to this this story, uh, Joe. I, I'm excited to get this just – I'm excited to get this started. I'm excited to talk about Jesus. I think it's awesome. Yes. I think that uh, anything you could do to talk about him, it's never enough, and it's never the wrong time. It's always the right time to talk about Jesus. This church did a campaign in Seattle, Washington, called Jesus Is, and then blank. And it was a, the beginning of a huge like sermon series, but they did a whole citywide campaign as a massive church. They had 
a lot of uh, popularity in the city, but they did a huge campaign. I mean, they, they wrapped city buses, they put billboards up, they did this huge mural, mur, mural, mural, how do you say it? Mural? Mur, mural, sorry. They did this huge mural downtown Seattle where they encouraged people to go up and like fill in their own blank. And it was like a bunch of squares and whatever Jesus was or whoever Jesus is to them, they could just write it in the square it's not filtered. Anybody could write it. So there was, there was some awesome things written on there and there were some horrible things written on there, but it was this massive campaign across the city to get people to fill in their blank of who Jesus is to them. And so naturally as things happen in the Christian world, they got criticized big time by, you know, a lot of people and a lot of churches and pastors and people were slamming them for, allow for not filtering it for allowing people to wow you know say these things and they actually had a website you could go to and type it in so it was not only physically done it was done online as well so anyway judas smith was interviewed later about it and he was like you know are y'all going to take it all down and do you regret doing it and all that and he was like absolutely not he was like do you get that we had the majority of our city thinking and talking about jesus He's like, maybe some people for the first time ever. He was like, wow. mission, mission accomplished, you know, success. And so that was his thing was you may say something horrible about him, or you may think about him for the first time in a long time, or maybe the first time ever, but at least you were thinking about him and possibly talking about him. Wow. That's awesome. I I, I was not thinking that the story was going to go that way. I, that's not what I was anticipating, but it's so true. Like the whole yeah. city is, is, is answering this question, which at the end of the day is, is at least bringing Jesus to the forefront of people's minds. That's crazy. Right. Right. And, you know, as a, as a church or a Christian, a follower of Jesus, I don't tend to use the word Christian that much anymore. Cause I think we've kind of, we've confused what the word means, but I use, typically use the word follower of Jesus, but as someone like that, man, we should be praying. We should be praying for those people that did put something horrible that as they were thinking about him, bam, Holy Spirit moves right there. You know, while you're about to wow. write that cuss word or write that whatever, be praying in that moment that when those people are writing that, when that homeless person walks by that mural and is about to write something, they, you know, something happens in their life. And it was a really cool, I thought it was awesome. But I mean, obviously the the campaign ended and they couldn't leave billboards out there forever, but um, it was a really neat thing to see just getting people, just a very simple thought. And when you and I were talking about doing this, this idea, I was like, man, there's so much power and just simple thoughts about something super powerful. And I think that we tend to think that we have to have very deep, you know, deep theological, we have to be smart. We have to like, we have to have these very intellectual conversations about something super powerful in order for us to you know, be changed or in order for us to be healed or in order for us to, you know, whatever. And I just think there is, there's a lot of power in very simple conversations about something super powerful. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm excited to, to dive into this first story and, and kind of see what, what comes up in these conversations. And um, it, there's a lot of times in these, in, in, in really just Bible stories in general, you read something and you're like, well, what does that mean? Like, I don't understand what that is, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and, and so really getting to talk that out and really just 
not not having the pressure of needing to know everything like theologically like knowing the background of everything and whatever but okay what is it that what is the purpose of the scripture what are we trying to get out of it what is jesus trying to tell us is is at the end of the day is all he's asking us to do is to ask those questions yeah yeah and I, don't you think that he's totally i mean pleased yes but we even in our language that seems kind of weird to say that but i just feel like he's totally glorified when he hears his children just talking about him you know what sure. I mean? Like, I love talking about my kids. Like, if there's anything in your life that you're super proud of or that you're, you you know, you gave your all to, and then you hear other people talking about it, that brings you a lot of joy. Like, imagine what it brings to Jesus when we just simply have these conversations about him uh, and learn. That's great. Uh, okay. Story one is Jesus's baptism. Jesus is bad. It's kind of funny because when we think back about his miracles or what he did, we tend to forget the fact that he was baptized by a guy, yeah. you know what I mean? Like a guy actually baptized Jesus and why? I mean, what? I don't know. There's so much to talk about, but Mr. Perfection walking up to the water and he's like me, I, you know, me. I'm, I, I'm next, you know, baptize me. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I'd be like, okay, do you need to go all the way under or are you good just going like, you know, knee deep? <laughs> I mean, are you, are you, can you actually fully immerse a man who can walk on water? Will he just bounce off the water? Yeah, he's pretty buoyant, I'm wow. sure. <laughs> yeah. How does, this, how does this happen? Like, could you imagine if he walked on the water out to John and he was like, baptize me? And John's like, bro, you're, this I'm makes waist no deep. Sense, dude. You got to get down in here. Like you got to just chill for a second. Let me baptize you. Um, man, the nerve, but <laughs> I'm just seeing, I'm just seeing like he get baptized and then he comes out of the water and he's just like sprinting around on top of the water, like celebrating. Everyone's like, Whoa, that's cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, for you listeners out there, that, that's not what the story says. We're going to actually yeah, talk about what actually happened, <laughs> but that is, <laughs> yeah, that, it's funny. No, uh, no heresy or blasphemy on the refuge podcast. No, 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 <laughs> no. Okay, so let's look at this. Is found in John one. Uh, what we're gonna do? Uh, so John, the book of John. And if you don't know, we'll go very simple here. The Gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four books in the Bible, uh, known as the Synoptic Gospels. What they do is they walk through the story of Jesus's life. They 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 go from birth. Some go through from like his. Uh, his family tree and like all the genealogy and it gets kind of boring but you see all the from him being born to him being crucified and him being ascended into heaven and then things that happened after that as well so the book of john seems to be and from what people have studied and from what google says it looks to be the most chronological book of jesus's life and so what we are going to do is we're going to take the book of john use that as the main reference but also use Matthew, Mark, and Luke as references as well. Uh, and some, like Matthew, Mark, and Luke, may have a story in there that John just didn't write. We don't know why. We don't know what John was doing. Was he a, was he taking a little sabbatical? You know, was he caught up in something else? We don't know. They're they're just it, it's you get what you get, and we study and learn the most we can. So, with that being said, this story of Jesus being baptized is found in John one. It's not very long. I'm just going to read it, and then uh, we'll go from there. But it says, the next day, John saw Jesus. And the next day, meaning right before that, 
John is preparing the way for Jesus. He's saying, hey, there's a guy that's coming. He's like the man. And everyone's going, I thought you were the man. And he's like, no, there's a there's this dude coming and he's amazing. It'd kind of right. be like it'd kind of be like Taylor Swift being like announcing at her concert, hey, there's a girl that's about to come out on stage and she's like the best, you know the best at what she does she's better than me and everyone all the crazy girls there being like what no it's impossible okay anyway yes yeah, there's no way you're the best uh so john's like there's a guy coming he is the man just wait and see so then the next day john saw jesus coming toward him and said look <laughs> this is the casual part that i think is funny look the <laughs> lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world this is the one i meant when i said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. So John has had the spotlight on him, and now he's he is willingly pointing the spotlight directly to Jesus, saying, forget me, it's all about this guy. So then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. So this is this is prophecy from Isaiah uh, that when it says God's chosen one in Isaiah 42, one, you'll see that it says he's the son of God. And so that's kind of the same thing there. But um, that that is this this part of the story is. John going, I've been baptizing, I've been doing these things. Now this guy is actually going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. I've been baptizing with water as a symbol, as a symbolism, but this guy is actually going to do it with the Holy Spirit. So there's a lot here. There's a lot from other passages that we can bring up too, but uh, what we want to talk about are like our key takeaways and what we want to challenge you with is as we read this, as we talk it out, you maybe jot down or think about what are your key takeaways that you read as well? But what are some things, Joe, maybe that you grabbed in, in this passage? Well, the first thing that I think is kind of funny, like you said before, you know, the kind of the context before this passage, when Jesus gets baptized, you have all these people saying like, who are you? Like, are you a prophet? Are you Elijah? Are you <laughs> like, like, and they're doubting him. And then all of a sudden Jesus rolls up and gets baptized. Like if I'm John, I'm like, yeah, I told you so. Like, don't doubt me. Like I told you this was going to happen. But um, right. no, it's really, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really a, you see the humility of Jesus in this too. Like Jesus easily could have rolled up on this baptism and started taking over and baptizing or whatever. But instead, right. like, no, he's like, I want you to baptize me. Um, and yeah. so th- I, I see Jesus's humility in all of it. And, and, and really even from John, like, I, I think it's in one of the other passages where John literally says, like, I'm not even worthy, worthy to untie your sandals for you like to get down and take off your sandals like um and so you see this reverence for jesus who is god in human form uh in this beautiful moment um so that that, that's kind of just the first thing that i see and then secondly you know why does jesus i i guess i ask this question really as i'm reading this it's like you know, why did Jesus have to get baptized? If we know that he's perfect, if we know that he doesn't have sin, then it's like, why is he even doing this in the first place? And so I almost ask you that question, you know, like, why is, like, why is this in the Bible? Like, why did Jesus do this? Yeah. 
that is i was just looking up the the reference point which is in in matthew so if you look at this story and it's found in matthew 3 and it it kind of it doesn't directly answer that question joe but it kind of hits at at something you know like like you said john's pointing everything to jesus and in matthew's translation it says that jesus came to Jordan to be baptized, but John tried to deter him, saying, "It's almost like when someone tries to give you money, and you're like, no, 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 you, I'm not taking that." And they're like, "No, you, you have to." And they're like, yeah. oh, "Okay, I'll take it." But uh, it's like John's like, "No, you know, I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me." And right. that's how Matthew says it. It's like John's like, "Huh?" And Jesus's reply is, "We'll learn Jesus's personality and character, but his reply is." let it be so now. And it's almost like, listen here, boy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's right. almost like it's it like, Hey, Hey, listen up, let it be. So now it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And then I love the next line right. after that. Then John consented. It's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got just it. went right to it. it. Don't hesitate. Yeah. This isn't like, like a, uh, I'm just being humble thing. This is like, hey, we've got to fulfill all righteousness. And that's why I need mm -hmm. to be baptized. And I, I love that because it says as soon as he was baptized, he went up out of the water. Again, he probably didn't run on the water, but I think that would have been cool. But he went up out of the water. And Matthew said at that moment, heaven was opened, whatever that looks like. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And so it was almost like this, you know, have you heard the, the, it's kind of cheesy, but probably true. This little phrase that like when someone gives their life to the Lord, it's like the angels are singing in heaven. Yeah. You know, sure. we don't know that we don't, we don't really have a scripture that says like angels are singing every time someone gives their life to Jesus. That sounds awesome. I maybe, but what I love about this is it's like, this is God's son. You know, God's got like the camera out on his shoulder and he's recording it, you know, because it's like this is his son and, and whom he's well pleased. His son just got baptized. It's like heaven open, open wide. You know, here comes the angels. Here comes the light. It's like, this is my son. I'm so proud of him. And I just think back to your question, that moment is a moment where it's like showing and proving that the incarnation, which is Jesus coming in flesh. Yes that that God is following through with that. You know what I mean? It's like following through with the fact that my son did come. He did live till he was, you know, 30 years old. He's about to start his ministry and he's already above and beyond all of you. And he doesn't do any of the things that y'all do because he's God and boom, he's going to trample all of you now because this is my son, Jesus. It's like, he's man. He's got to fulfill the righteousness because he is man and he's getting baptized. So I just... I don't know. To me, there's so much symbolism still in the fact that he's getting baptized, but yet so much promise on the back end that now, now there's the ability to baptize with so much more power than just symbolism. Now there's the ability to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And that is that right there to me is the, is the takeaway. Like for me, when I read this, I go, whoa okay the fulfilling of righteousness is not just on jesus's behalf like this is his moment let's just bask in it it's like whoa now moving forward for the rest of eternity anyone who is baptized can be baptized by the holy spirit and that's huge i've never thought of it as what you just said it, it as like evidence of jesus being fully man 
Like I've never even, that's never crossed my mind when I think about Jesus' baptism, but I think that's a really great point. You, you see how throughout Jesus's ministry, how there's, there's points where he struggles with things that we struggle with in real life. And so to see yeah. like him actually do something that then he calls us to do in, in human form, like there's, there's power behind that. Like there's something to that, you know, and it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. I love, I love when we see, and we'll see it, we're just now starting, but when we see throughout Jesus's ministry, moments of like humanity come out or moments of like the fact that he is man like there are certain times that we're going to come up in scripture where it's like he rested or like he was tired or he you know you know the famous passage in john eleven thirty five 35 where jesus wept you know there are going to be moments where we see our god as man and that is crazy like it's crazy to see that already from the beginning he hasn't even really made, I mean, he's had moments, you know, as a boy where he got lost, but he was in the temple. And uh, we have moments like that where there's like, you know, when you have kids and your, your kid does something pretty smart and you're like, oh my gosh, I think my kid's a genius. Like, I think, mm. I think I got a genius on my hands. You know what I mean? Like there may have been some moments like that for Jesus early on, but now is the time where he's here. And it's like, if you, if you wanted him to show up like Thor with the hammer and just, you know, blast everybody that he, the dude is showing up and getting baptized. You know what I mean? Like he's showing up and he's telling this other guy, Hey, I need for you to baptize me. I mean, yeah, after that, the heavens opened wide and you know, there, there's your moment. <laughs> yeah. but that didn't happen when I got baptized. Like, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what the heck? I mean, <laughs> I think there was, I think there was some music. I don't really know, but um, <laughs> it was in a Baptist church. So nobody clapped. So I, I had water to, in my I ears. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I need to give it a second go so I can get some more of, uh, applause or something some more fanfare but um yeah i don't know i just love i just love seeing jesus as man and then learning from that <laughs> oh well that sound means it's time to hear from today's sponsor our podcast today is sponsored by caraway conference center and camps it's a year-round christian retreat and conference center it's located just outside Asheboro, North Carolina. If you're not sure where that is, it's basically right in the very middle of the state of North Carolina. But it's a beautiful place, amazing place, uh, and they will be looking to hire mostly college students for their summer camp programs. And so if you're looking for a summer job and need a place to go, uh, we recommend Camp Caraway. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You'll be reaching elementary age boys and girls. Um, to help them grow in their faith in Christ, develop relationships, learn life skills, serve alongside each other, all that. Speaking of serving, you will be serving with other college students. A lot of you that actually have attended Refuge Retreat have worked at Camp Caraway. So if that's you, leave a comment and tell everybody how much fun you had. And maybe you can meet some friends there working at Camp Caraway this summer. So if you need a summer job, want to know a place to go, there's so many out there. Um, check out Caraway Conference Center and Camps and we believe that you will have a great summer. So Josiah, back to back to Jesus and this baptism thing. So let's talk about, uh, as we always want to do, what is baptism and how Jesus is teaching us with this? How do we see him, you know, reflecting or showing disciple making? And what, what can we take away from this as far as what it means for our disciple making? Well, you know, I, especially when you're just talking about Caraway camps. I remember a story. I remember a time a couple of summers ago, I worked at a camp in Texas with, uh, with a couple of my friends, Hunter and, and Lars, who are both very involved with refuge retreat as well. We had gone through this long, long summer of camp and Hunter had this, 
he had a hard time with his one kid in particular. Like this kid was just causing them issues all week. Didn't want to listen to him. Hunter's exhausted. Um, and by the end of the week, this kid ended up having an, like an encounter with Christ and asked Hunter to baptize him. And I remember yeah. at the end of the week, I think it was right before the parents came and picked up kids and everybody went down to the pool. And it was this moment where Hunter was baptizing this camper that he had had. And it was the first time he'd ever baptized anybody. And I, <laughs> I wish I could have seen myself in this moment, especially with Lars. We were like so proud of Hunter in this moment. Mm-hmm. We were like, man, you're doing it. You're creating disciples. Like, this is what it's all about. And we like embrace each other afterwards. And we're like all crying. Like, this is a true story, by the way. And like, if you know the three of us, <laughs> which you do, Adam, like, and you've done like all of our yeah. marriage counselings, like, you know us like to our core. Yeah, yeah. But to think of the three of us embracing each other, like crying in the middle of the summer camp, like the kid, like, we, I think the kid was still in the water. I think Hunter came out and we were like hugging each other. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's funny, but I just think back, okay, like, man, like there was such a fire. There was such a, an excitement for Hunter to have it. He, he was living it out, man. Like he did. He, yeah. he went through it with this kid and this kid had an encounter with Christ and wanted to give himself, give his life to Christ. And, and really, as we see what Jesus did here is that's, that's the symbolism of, okay, you're a former you that's going down in the water. And when you come out, you are the new you, you are, you are born again. You are, you are right. cleansed. You are, you are starting this right. new journey with Jesus. And so um, I don't even remember your question, but I, I think that as far as yeah, what this no, means to create disciples, like that's kind of a picture of it, you know, like baptism, you know, you can become a Christian and, and had never been baptized. You know, I think you can, you can declare Christ your King um, and you can live for him, even if you haven't been dunked in the water. Um, but at the end of the day, baptism is that public, you know, decision to follow Jesus. And right. we saw Jesus do it in public in front of a crowd of people. And that's what we get the opportunity to do when we, when we get baptized. No, I love that. And I think that, that seeing someone come to a place in their life where, you know, we know that baptism does not save you. Like if you're nowhere close to having a relationship with Jesus and you're like, Oh, that looks cool. I'll go do that. I think I'll be a Christian. And you go into the water and you come out and you're like, why am I no different? You know, the, the, the baptism waters, that wherever you go, the ocean, which we've had college students get baptized in an ocean. We've had college kids get baptized in a lake, a nasty, really cold lake. It's not the waters that do it. You are, you are showing people publicly that by going in, like you said, that by going in this water and coming out, I'm a new person. I'm a new creation. And it's Jesus that does that because he was baptized and fulfilled this righteousness. And I did, I love the the illustration of that, and I love what that says, and I love that that is for us as disciple makers, man, we should be like antsy and fighting for that moment. You know what I mean? Like we should be fighting for the moment when that friend that we have right now that every time we talk about church or Bible study or Jesus, they cringe or they get mad or they shut down or they get awkward, like we should be fighting for the moment when we can pull them out of the water and cry like little girls, like Josiah, Lars, and Hunter, and just celebrate the fact that they're a new creation. You know what I mean? Like that's the moment that we should be fighting for. I love I love the imagery. I love where we're going. I love already how we started, and uh, we're looking forward to more conversations about Jesus. Join us next time on the Refuge Podcast, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Refuge Podcast. We hope that the conversation was encouraging and helps you in your disciple-making journey. 
Tune in next week. And until then, like and share the podcast. And we will catch you guys next time.